Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And the first story I have today is entertainment news. This comes from the Huffington Post. Six Flags St. Louis challenges you to stay in a coffin for 30 hours. What? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Six Flags St. Louis in Eureka, Missouri is posing a challenge to their guests in honor of their yearly Fright Fest celebration. If you can lie in a coffin for 30 hours, you might win $300. It's not even guaranteed? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Six people total will be picked to compete in the challenge, each getting their own two by seven foot coffin that the park describes as slightly used. Which what? Which I'm hoping is just like a marketing they, thing. Maybe they meant they been used as props or something hopefully uh if more than one person completes the challenge the 300 dollars will be raffled among those people so there's a possibility you could lie in the coffin for 30 hours and leave with nothing that doesn't sound (laughs) worth it no um some things to make it a little easier though there is a six minute bathroom break every hour oh okay i was gonna ask that question that's probably good yeah and uh all meals snacks and drinks are provided by the park and to top it all off, phone charging stations will be available, so you can just watch something on your phone, I guess, for oh, 30 hours. you could just hours. be on your phone in yeah. there? Yeah, I would just probably binge oh. something on Netflix, maybe. Yeah, that's easy. Um, uh, the park also promises you will have to endure random creepy visits by the Fright Fest freaks, which I guess are just people in costumes that will harass you while you're in the coffin or something. Uh, and also, if you finish, you get to keep the coffin. <laughs> so... That's so. Oh boy! <laughs> so that, that's a that's a that's a Halloween celebration, which is appropriate because this is technically going to be our first episode that airs yeah. in October, even though we're uh, recording uh, early. Early, yeah, yeah. Don't we worry have, about we it. Had to re- yeah, we had to record early for this one. Um, you know, scheduling, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Stay <laughs> so, in a coffin. Okay. First of all. That would be a lot more difficult if you weren't allowed to have any devices. Yes. That's a long time to just sit there and do nothing but Yeah. And that would be very challenging just from like a mental um, control perspective, I think. (laughs) Yeah, because seriously, like you can't just like sit unstimulated for too long and like messes with your head. Right. No, if I could just like watch some Netflix for most of it, sleep for a lot of it, I assume. Yeah. Is there a pillow? Is, is this like a nice coffin with like a bed in it, you know, or is it I don't know, just, if you're just like, like a wooden, lying just flat like, on a wooden surface? Yeah, are you what? <laughs> yes. E- like is even Netflix might not be so great. There. Right. <laughs> can I bring like one of those like gooseneck mounts so you can like just have it above my head? The what Netflix. is that? Like just a, it's a, like a mount that has like a gooseneck kind of like these things. Oh, oh, okay. Kind of like the, the pop filter. So you just like hook it somewhere and then just put just, it in its You just prop your, your phone up in front yes. of your face and you don't even have to hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that both of us could probably survive being in one location for thirty hours with Netflix. Like that's not yes. even a challenge. I so. yes. I was gonna <laughs> say, I, I, I've never stayed in one place for thirty hours, but I have stayed in one place probably for ten hours with like bathroom breaks and getting food. Mm-hmm. And this would Same. actually be even easier because they bring the food to me, and then yeah, then I go to bed. And then I wake up and I watch the rest of the yeah, the entire series, depending on the show. I may or may not have done that recently. 
Yeah, so I think they need to take it with a screen away, otherwise it's not a real challenge. That's probably true. Everyone will make it to the end of the challenge, I'll guarantee all six people that they choose for this. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> or maybe that might be maybe they're testing you to make sure that you're not able to sit still for a long time. Like applicants must sit still for 30 minutes in a chair. Or we won't let you do this. Oh, maybe. <laughs> That's the tryouts. For <laughs> it's being sit still. still in a chair. Okay. My first story is animal news. And this is from Fox News. And the headline is, angry mutant green crabs are destroying everything in their path. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Should we look out? <laughs> well, they're not in Ohio. So oh, we're well, over here. That's good. So angry green crabs from Nova Scotia, angrier than their already ornery green cousins in Maine, are migrating south, apparently. And they have started to destroy the coastal ecosystem off the shores of Maine (laughs) as they eat more than their share of softshell clams and wreck native eelgrass, according to research from Marcus Frederick, a professor at the University of New England. And he says, what we're seeing is this insane level of aggressiveness. (laughs) Um, he told the Associated Press. Lewis Logan, a University of New England graduate student, had the unpleasant task of labeling the crabs <laughs> captured from Nova Scotia waters for the research. <laughs> it goes, the crabs were in no mood for games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, These crabs aren't messing around. <laughs> At a distance of five feet, the pint-sized crabs assumed a fighting posture um, and some of them grabbed him while he was doing this. And then he says, anytime I went down to grab one, they went to grab me instead. <laughs> and he said one of them in particular would jump out of the water in its frenzy to attack. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've ever like seen crabs up close, like on a beach, but they're usually like, they're pretty chill. Yes. From what they're I remember. Very chill. They just are there. Like they don't really care these, that you're there or anything. Like these are not like, these, that. Are like, attack they, crabs. these, these will attack you <laughs> from five feet away. Um, which is kind of far for a crab. Yeah. So. Um, though these green crabs are related to main green crabs, they're genetically different from one another. The angry Nova Scotia crabs have their roots in Northern Europe and have adapted to cold water, while the slightly calmer Maine version came from the southern part of Europe. They first entered the U.S. in the mid-1800s, according to the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. After arriving in Maine in the 1950s, they caused a soft-shell clam population decline and then eventually made their way up to Nova Scotia. So, like, somehow, like, there were, like, two species, but one of them, the one up there sort of is, like, different. Now it's coming back down, I guess. So, mm. um, the quarrelsome newcomers currently comprise only about 2 to 3% of green crabs crawling on the ocean floor off of Maine, but those numbers are certain to grow, according to Frederick. And eventually these crabs will move further southward. Hmm along the coast so yeah that's strange you usually don't think of uh things that come from canada as being aggressive i know right <laughs> they're known for being so nice i know but apparently their crabs aren't yeah apparently but the main crabs are probably. yeah i don't know i've never heard of green crabs before i saw yeah, this no, but i didn't either that's a do they have pictures green. are they like actually green yeah so some of them are green and sometimes the color can vary to like reddish i think and like different oh okay kind of orangish too but some of them are green. Like, they're not always green, I guess. Okay. It said in the article. I didn't see a lot of photos of it, but yeah. Um, they kind of specified, actually, how you can tell which type of crab is this type. Like, there's certain, like, 
You mean besides the fact that they try to attack you? Yeah, besides (laughs) besides that, there's certain physical attributes of this type of crab that's different from others that you can tell, like, oh, that's one of the, like, aggressive ones. It's not the coloring, actually. Interesting. Yeah. My next story is a random local news. This is uh, this is from UPI. Colorado Cafe closed due to bear shenanigans. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> did it break in through a window? <laughs> they actually didn't specify how it got in. Hmm. Anyway, uh, a Colorado ca- cafe was closed due to bear shenanigans after a wild animal <laughs> broke in and tipped over a six hundred pound freezer. Oh no! <laughs> The uh, the owners of the Wildflower Cafe in Evergreen, Colorado, posted a sign on their front door that said, sorry, we are closed due to bear shenanigans, (laughs) which which is my favorite part about this story is that that's what they said. That's awesome. Uh, Josh Work, the cafe's chef, said that he and sous chef Parker Weckworth arrived at the business around 6.30 a.m. Sunday. Uh, That would have been this Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, would have been last Sunday for those of you listening. By the time that this is airing, (laughs) Uh, okay. And uh, discovered that the bear had broken in overnight. uh, The pair said that the bear did not manage to get inside the 600-pound freezer, but it did climb to the roof and raided the rice and brown sugar uh, from a dry goods uh, storage room. Hmm. Uh, This time of year, bears are trying to take in as many calories as possible in order to bulk up before hibernation, so it took what it could find. Uh, Luckily, he didn't get into the sushi freezer, said the chef. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like he would have he would enjoyed, have enjoyed a lot that. more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The cafe reopened on uh, Monday morning with a new menu item, bear-shaped pancakes. <laughs> which I think is delightful. <laughs> That's amazing. Just some brief bear shenanigans from the fine state of Colorado. So my next story is also a bear story. Yes. Let's just dive right into it. Okay. Um, this one's a little less whimsical. It's a little more intense. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and We're just warming you up with this, this one. This took place in uh, British Columbia, hmm. Canada. Um, and the headline is Bear Seen Eating Another Bear. Oh, oh no. In British Columbia. So Mike Robertson is a policy advisor who works south of Burns Lake in British Columbia. He's been doing re- regular helicopter flyovers of areas charred by some of this summer's wildfires to get a sense of the damage there. And this past week or last week for when you listen to this, <laughs> he saw two bears on the shoreline of Cheslada Lake, and he thought they were both dead, but then he took the helicopter closer to look, and um, this article says the crew was horrified when they realized they were actually seeing a black bear hunched over the carcass of another bear. <laughs> and, the, like, that's not common. Right. At least there, it's not. Um and the quote is, that old boy was very, very angry and protective of his kill, Robertson says. Um, the BC Con- Conservation Officer Service says bears are often more aggressive during the fall season as they prepare for hibernation, like what you were just saying. Um, and it's not entirely unusual for the animals to eat their own kind. Um, but I'll go into details later that that like usually is only seen when the bears are um, struggling to find enough food for the hibernation season. They'll, they'll like start doing that. Hmm. to get enough food because they're trying to prepare for hibernation. Um, Robertson believes there's an increase in strange behavior in light of the province's worst wildfire season since record keeping began. So like there's been a lot of their habitat has been affected by these fires. And and probably a lot of their usual prey. Right. So their prey and also like it's, it's kind of 
um, cause them to have to change some of their behavior. Mm-hmm. It seems that other bear populations in the past have been known to resort to cannibalism when the going gets tough. Up to eight cases of male polar bears preying on cubs and other bears were reported in Manitoba back in the fall of 2009. Officials suspected climate change and diminishing habitat to be the cause at that time. Um, And then four years later, a group of hikers found a grizzly bear feeding on a black bear along a trail in Banff, Alberta, also in Canada. Um, Park rangers there agreed it wasn't out of the ordinary as animals prepare for winter, but it is a rare sight. That's yeah. sad. It is kind of, it's sad. It's like one of those indications of like, they can't find food, so. Yeah, so they're eating each other. Yeah. Oh, dark. A little bit. But another takeaway too is just be careful if you're in a bear area <laughs> around a ba- now. A, a barrier, if you will. <laughs> if you live in a barrier, <laughs> that's now an official term on this show. Perfect. I just decided. Um I add it to the glossary. You got to be more careful than normal when the bears are prepping for hibernation, apparently, because they might be really aggressive. Yeah. So, just saying. PSA. So, the last story that I brought is another animal news. It's a very, anim- it's a, it's it's a very animal-heavy episode. Yeah. Uh, and this will, this will be a slight turnaround from that dark, dark, dark story. <laughs> uh, uh, this comes from the New York Times. On ecstasy, octopuses reach out for a hug. Oh, <laughs> octopuses or octopi. They're so or cool. Octopi. Yeah, the words are interchangeable. I prefer octopi. I don't know. I like how it sounds better. Um, though smart and interactive, octopi are generally ant- asocial and temperamental. So they don't usually like to actually hang out with each other. They're usually hmm. solitary creatures. Okay. Um, they learn through experience and observation, forming lasting memories with brain-like bundles of hundreds of millions of neurons in each arm and a centralized bundle in the middle. So I didn't actually know that they have like basically arm brains and then like a center brain. Well, I didn't know <laughs> like, that either. Which I guess huh. maybe, maybe explains why they're so smart. They've literally got brains just like shoved in every place so each they can go. arm is a brain. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, a desire to understand the evolutionary underpinnings of this brain power led scientists to give octopi MDMA, also known as Molly, ecstasy, and E, <laughs> which in humans reduces fear and inhibition and induces feelings of empathy um, and also distorts time. So the uh, general thing was that under the influence of MDMA, asocial octopi seem to become more social. Uh, the The chemicals behind uh, this, or the chemistry behind it, I guess, MDMA helps release serotonin, which is involved in regulating mood and social behaviors in many types of animals, including humans. And uh, it's also, it uh, is in invertebrates as well. So it's not just, uh, mm. not just uh, spinal, spined animals. Uh, MDMA fits inside of a protein that moves serotonin in and out of neurons. The drug eventually causes a flood of serotonin between synapses, increasing its signals. So it just basically just boosts your serotonin. Um, which leads you to be very happy. And apparently physical touch is another part of it. Um, Hmm. People get very like touchy-feely, like lots of hugs and that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, When researchers compared the genome of the California two-spot octopus to those of other animals, they discovered that humans and octopi could both make the same protein, the one that the serotonin um, or the MDMA fits into. uh, And it was nearly 100% similar at that spot where the MDMA fits. So 
Like they suspected oh, okay. that it would be, it would work pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they put the octopi in the center of a three chambered tank in which there was, uh, so they were in one of the tanks in one of the other tanks, there was a star Wars figurine that they could explore <laughs> or on the <laughs> other, in the other tank, there was another octopus, which was kept under a pot um, in case that test subject remained aggressive so that there wasn't an octopus fight. Um, oh, okay. But the, they were aware that it was there pretty much. So undosed octopi of either sex spent more time with the toy than with the other octopus. <laughs> <laughs> They're way more into Star Wars than friends. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but after soaking in low-dose MDMA-laced baths, they chose to spend more time with the octopi on the other side of the tank, often hugging the pot and showing like their mouth part, which is apparently like part of mating for octopi. Oh, so really? like they were they they were getting more physical as well and like showing affection. Oh. Which I think is adorable. Yeah. Um, and though they only tested a few octopi, and MDMA likely acts on more molecules than serotonin, so they're not a hundred percent sure that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, scientists hope to do more studies and determine if the octopi can be used to help research the effects of MDMA on humans since it is such a similar interaction or so they suspect. Mm -hmm. And um, that could be really beneficial because researchers have been trying to determine if MDMA can be used to treat PTSD because it uh, relieves fear and like that kind of thing. It makes people more, more calm. Interesting. Um, But yeah, so those (laughs) octopi on ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I never would have imagined that would be a thing people were (laughs) researching. That's super fascinating. That's one of those those things that's like, why why did you come up with this? (laughs) I mean, it sounds like they were researching different genomes of different species and found that octopi were a good match. So I think that's kind of the origin of They weren't just like, we should test this on an animal. (laughs) Let's choose octopi. I mean, it's not like it's the first story I've heard of where they just tested like a random drug on a random animal (laughs) just to see what it did, so... Yeah. At least this is one that made the octopus feel good. Yes. So I so think I, it's, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it seems it seems humane, mm-hmm. hopefully. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's technically I hope. against their will, but... Well, yeah. it's still animal testing, but you're not causing them any pain, so... Right. In fact, it might actually be inhibiting it, so... Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the opposite, so... Just some yeah. feel-good octopi. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My last story is science news. <laughs> but actually, this is, again, animal related. So <laughs> Excellent. it's just a very animal heavy episode. Um, Nothing wrong with that. And the, the headline is world's oldest known animal identified after decades long mystery. Oh. Very cool. Yeah. So the oldest known animal in the geological record has been identified in a discovery that scientists are calling the holy grail of paleontology. Oh, wow. (laughs) Fat molecules discovered on the fossil of a mysterious creature called Dickinsonia have confirmed that it lived 558 million years ago, making it the earliest known member of the animal kingdom. And animal kingdom is in like, you know, that like hierarchy of like Mm -hmm. classification. Yeah. So it's the oldest known member of that, of everything. Wow. Um, the findings place its existence 20 million years before the Cambrian explosion event when major animals began appearing on the fossil record. And I actually didn't know what that was, so I went and looked that up. And it's, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like yeah, the time. I've heard of it. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> no, know. That's fine. But if you don't know, it's, it's 
this time when all of a sudden, like all the animal fossils are appear all right. of a sudden, like in the like. So if you're a paleontologist or an archaeologist, like you find normally like the beginning of or like the earliest that you'll find the fossils is like around a certain um, time period, and that's what they call the Cambrian explosion. Is like that just time suddenly period. a bunch of animals. Yeah. Um, so this fossil was first discovered by Australian scientists on a remote Russian cliff face in 1947, actually. Um, but the new study published on Friday brings to an end a decades-long debate to identify what it was. This is a quote. The fossil fat molecules we found prove that animals were large and abundant 558 million years ago, millions of years earlier than previously thought, said Jochen Brox, part of the team that led the research. Um, so the Dickinsonia fossil was found to contain a striking abundance of cholesterol at 93% compared to levels of just 10.6 and 11.9% found in the deposits immediately above and below it. Hmm. And apparently that means that it's an animal and not like a single-celled organism. Oh, okay. That was the An animal with very high logic, cholesterol. Basically, yeah. It was an animal with very high cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> But they they were able to exclude that it was any other um, type of organism. So the next one is, scientists have been fighting for over 75 years over what Dickinsonia and other bizarre fossils of the Ediacaran biota were. So either giant single-celled amoeba, lichen, failed experiments of evolution, or the earliest animals on Earth. So like apparently because (laughs) they found this, now they know it's in that last category. Okay. Uh, the team worked alongside researchers from the Russian Academy of Science, as well as the Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry and the University of Bremen, both wow. in Germany. Hmm. Um, and another fun fact is that earlier this year, scientists discovered the oldest known human fossil outside Africa, dating it between 177,000 and 194,000 years old. Wow, we're pretty young compared to that, uh, yes. that other one. Yes, <laughs> very young. <laughs> But yeah, so they they finally they found it found evidence that this was a real animal. That's really cool. Unless until they find an, an older one. Yes. Which I don't know if they will. Well, this will still yeah. be cool, and then yeah. that'll also be cool. <laughs> <laughs> this will be cool. This will remain cool. That will also be cool. Everything will be cool. Everything will be cool. It's calm down. <laughs> oh wait, I'm the only down. one that's not calm. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for breaking news. <laughs> Yay. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up news stories that were just posted today and they read that we and we read them to you on the fly, not they. I don't know who they is. <laughs> I don't know who they are. The, what am I saying? It's, it's the royal they. <laughs> wow, I'm messing up today um, because I was thinking about telling everyone that we're doing breaking news, but by the time you listen to this, this is not going to be breaking news, but we're going to do this It'll anyway. be almost two weeks old. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but that's okay. We're going to do it anyway. Okay, ready? Set. Go. Go. All right. Story that I found is uh, also from the New York Times, actually. Uh, okay. Hold the donuts, says newly named Duncan. Uh, and that is a reference to Duncan Donuts, which is apparently changing its name to Duncan. Yeah. Just just Duncan. So I read about this months ago because they um they like tested it out at a oh, store yeah, they or had something a, like they that. They had a picture in the article of a store in um in Pasadena, California. Oh, okay. Where they've okay. been testing this idea for a while. But that's cool. I didn't I didn't know that when they were gonna 
actually do it. <laughs> apparently it's happening. Uh, they said uh, today, uh, well, today, that <laughs> they would um, <laughs> they would start going by Duncan in January of next year. So it's coming very soon. Uh, the shift is a nod to the chain's beverage sales, which account for about 60% of its business and the popularity of its longtime slogan, America runs on Duncan. So just the, the fact that they don't focus on donuts so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still going to have donuts. That's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the article also pointed out that there are several companies that have uh, recently declared a new name. I hadn't heard about this one. Weight Watchers apparently announced that it's now WW. What? Which is <laughs> kind of kind of strange. That's weird. They said they want to focus on wellness instead of weight loss, which is like, it's okay. admirable, but why did you have to change? Maybe make it wellness watchers. I don't know. Or well watchers. No, that oh. doesn't make sense. It sounds like you're watching a well. Whale watchers. <laughs> that's, oh, that's just what else, way off brand. That's way, just like, what else could WW stand for? Like, I also really like, in 2016, Tribune Publishing, which owns the Chicago Tribune and other newspapers, became Tronk. <laughs> T-R-O-N-C. Tronk? Tronk. I was imagining with a K, but it's still funny with the C. It's 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 just as good I, either way, I think. And then, of course, you f- you can't forget um, IHOP's temporary name change to IHOB. Oh which yeah, everyone made fun of. Um, that one was just temporary, but this one is permanent. Uh, there were a couple of people in branding that uh, had some comments. Um, I really liked the uh, comments from uh, David B. Sreer who's the co-chief executive and chief strategy officer at Siegel and Gale, which is a brand consultancy. Uh, he says he advises, advises clients to do everything they can do first before they change their name to, <laughs> to avoid losing any familiarity and emotional connection with consumers, which I think is pretty I, fair advice. Yeah, I think so too. And this is a quote from him. I'd like to know what a Duncan is. What does it mean? Duncan is a verb, if anything, so it's a clarity issue for me. And the same thing for WW. I don't know what that is. The only WW that I know is World War or a website that forgot their third W. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of Mr. Schreer. I like that person, too. Yeah, he has a lot of really good opinions. Uh, the company tested the new name over the past year, as you'd mentioned, and said the response has been overwhelmingly positive, which I don't know what, if how I... Do you- I like how what, do you they, judge surveys that? to people like right. oh do you like the new name like why i can't would imagine I care? anybody <laughs> responding to that with more than a sure, sure? yeah <laughs> right <laughs> who's gonna be like oh yeah it's I, like i love that you're changing it i, I don't know <laughs> yeah it's on it's kind of strange i mean I, I do understand why they're doing it i think yeah um, uh, so. another uh another brand person uh, uh nick contest at uh, senior, he's a senior partner at PS212, which could probably use a rename of their own. Uh, he had the following comments, which I also enjoyed. He actually doesn't mind the, the, the change so much. He says, there's a kind of humanness to it, and it opens it up to not just being about donuts and probably not just about coffee. I don't have a problem with Dunkin', meaning more than just dunking into a cup of coffee, coffee any more than I have a problem with Crate and Barrel selling anything that isn't a crate nor a barrel. <laughs> So I think he makes some good points too, but I'm That's I'm fun. siding with Mr. Uh, with Mr. Sreer on this one. I don't know about the change, and I definitely don't know about WW. Yeah, that's. <laughs> um, I'm in total agreement of that sentiment yeah. of WW. 
I actually also found a story that's related to fast food. Apparently, the burger chain Sonic will be acquired by Arby's in a $2.3 billion deal. Whoa. Yeah. Who knew they were worth that much? Or it's actually the parent company of Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings. There's a one company that owns both of those. I didn't know that. It's now acquiring Sonic. That. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So now they're all, they're all stepchildren. Together? <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you are a stakeholder in Sonic, look, if you invest in their stock, you will receive $43.50 in cash per share oh, well. that you own. That's pretty. That's pretty good. According to this, this is on CNN Money. I thought it was going to be like forty three dollars and fifty cents in free Arby's food, and that like, <laughs> value had some kind of. Significance. You will receive a voucher in the mail <laughs> for forty three dollars of Arby's food. <laughs> <laughs> because forty three um, rhymes with Arby. Yeah. So this article has a lot of. It's very like businessy focused with like oh this many yeah. dollars blah, blah blah. But I thought this was interesting. Sonic has more than thirty five hundred restaurants. Um, and four point four billion in system sales at this time, which is kind of like bigger wow. than I thought it was. Like I Much thought it was a pretty bigger. small thing for some reason. I only but. know like one Sonic. Same. And I've never been. I think I've been there once. Okay, so you beat me. But that's the only Sonic I know of. Or if you think of like Arby's, I mean, there's like multiple right. of those everywhere, right? Yeah, I can I can think of three Arby's right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the acquisition comes as Sonic has struggled against competition from bigger rivals like McDonald's and Burger King because mm-hmm. they're trying to be like a burger fast food to rival those other two. So. Right. Um, they have the whole thing, though, where you can like park and they bring your food out to you. Isn't that is that still a thing they do? When I went, I didn't do that because okay. I think they also have a wait. Maybe I did do that. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's not enough yeah. to set them apart, though. But I think that you're right, though. That is a thing that they do. You par- you park there, and then there's like a speaker, and you can tell them what you want. Yeah, and they just bring it to you, and you're parked instead of like in a line. It sounds pretty nice. Yeah, it's kind of like nice. a drive-through, but even more personal, I guess. Yeah, it's just you're not you don't feel like you're waiting in a line. You're just like parked. It's a little bit more like calming, maybe. I don't know. Sure. I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about in this article. It's very like, oh, investments, ooh, business, yeah. money. It's like, I, <laughs> well, I don't have any, I don't have any stock in the in their parent yeah, company. Yeah, I don't either. So but no, the main no the main me. highlight here is that there's one company now that's going to own Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Sonic. That's, that's, a, that's an growing. interesting combination. Well, they're kind of di- they're diversifying s- in a fast yeah, food way. And I don't mean this to f- be, sound kind of negative, but like I feel like it's all the like. Not as good as other things of like in those categories. Like, <laughs> Wait, what's better like at the, what's better at Arby's than Arby's? Okay, I guess Arby's is unique. Never yeah. mind. Okay, Arby's is his own thing. Fine. I don't just I, I just usually don't go there. So yeah, it's not like in fast food. It's not my. The fast curly food fries choice. are really good though. That's true. So they do. But that's like one menu item. They, yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> You're right though. Their curly fries are the best fries. I will say that. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Of fast food fries? Yeah, fast food fries, I don't know if I would say that. What do you that. think is better than that? Ooh, that's tough. Okay, like, McDonald's used to be, but then they switched to healthier oils in oh, their recipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, it doesn't I, taste I, the same. I liked McDonald's fries, but like my favorite fast food fries are probably either the waffle fries at Chick-fil-A mm. or Five Guys. Really? I really like Five Guys fries. Yeah, they're good, but... Especially the, like with the Cajun seasoning. 
Yeah, the, the Five Guys fries are pretty good. Um, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't really like the waffle fries that much. They seem just like n- not like very lackluster to me. Wow. Like they're nothing special. They're You're just right. That is an unpopular opinion. I don't know why. I love the chicken sandwiches, but the fries are just like meh. Yeah, that's weird. I'm looking around. Nobody else in the room agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us it's here. It's just us. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be posted in the episode description. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and uh, pretty much any podcast service that you like. And uh, you can find more from us, and we post uh, the links to all our stories on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash knickknacknews, and on Twitter at at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye!